Welcome to That You May Grow Thereby, a work of the Northern Kentucky Church of Christ. We are located at 18 Scott Drive in Florence, Kentucky. Our phone number is 859-371-2095. You can also visit us at www.nkcofc.com. And now, that you may grow thereby. Thank you for listening to That You May Grow Thereby. My name is Greg Littmer. I am one of the elders at the Northern Kentucky Church of Christ. And what I want to begin with in this particular episode is simply this. When pride develops in the heart of an individual, he or she is headed for a fall. I say that because Solomon made the very same point in Proverbs 16:18, when he wrote, Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. It has been my experience in life that some of the most difficult people to deal with, to teach and reach with the Word of God, are those most affected by pride. Now let's define what we're talking about here, what we mean when we say pride. In Webster's New Universal Unabridged Dictionary, the following definition, first definition, is given of pride. A high or inordinate opinion of one's own dignity, importance, merit, or superiority, whether as cherished in the mind or as displayed in bearing, conduct, etc. Well, that gives us a pretty good idea of the attitude that I am addressing this morning. But I really like what Webster says concerning the synonyms. So this next section will be a quotation. Quote, pride, conceit, self-esteem, egotism, vanity, and vainglory imply an unduly favorable idea of one's own appearance, advantages, achievements, etc., and often apply to offensive characteristics. Pride is a lofty and often very arrogant assumption of superiority in some respect. Pride must have a fall. Conceit implies an exaggerated estimate of one's own abilities or attainments together with pride, blinded by conceit. Self-esteem may imply an estimate of oneself that is higher than that held by others, a ridiculous self-esteem. Egotism implies an excessive preoccupation with oneself or with one's own concerns, usually but not always accompanied by pride or conceit. His egotism blinded him to others' difficulties. Vanity implies self-admiration and an excessive desire to be admired or admitted by others. His vanity was easily flattered. Vainglory, somewhat literary, implies an inordinate and therefore empty or unjustified pride puffed up by vainglory. That's the end of that quote. Well, let's take pride and place it in the hearts of some and see what can and will be done. In Proverbs 13.10, we find, Only by pride cometh contention, but with the well-advised is wisdom. Pride generates contention in a congregation of people. It is a great instigator, causing those affected by it to be take exception with every contradiction, every suggestion, anything that might appear to be a little bit different from his own way of thinking. Pride produces sinful and foolish speech. 
Proverbs 14 and verse 3 tells us, In the mouth of the foolish is a rod of pride, but the lips of the wise shall preserve them. There are a couple of ways that this could be looked at, both bad and harmful to the congregation where it occurs. Solomon could be saying that as a fool grows more conceited and prideful, his speech will become more insolent and unkind toward others. Or he could be saying that the man who is foolish enough to speak boastfully will feel the chastening rod of his own foolishness eventually. Pride also produces strife among brethren. Upon that you can count. In Proverbs 28 and verse 25 we read, He that is of a proud heart stirs up strife, but he that puts his trust in the Lord shall be made fat. The person filled with pride can never or will never say that he was wrong. Consequently, every wrong or foolish statement made requires more wrong or foolish statements to defend it. When pride will not permit a person to say that he was wrong, then he can never back up. Instead of climbing out of the hole his statements have dug, every additional statement simply makes the hole deeper. There is an aspect of the conduct of a prideful man that is almost paradoxical in nature. One who is filled with pride is easily used. We might say, how can someone with a high opinion of himself be easily manipulated? The answer is simple, appeal to that high opinion. Consider Proverbs 25 and verse 27. It is not good to eat much honey, for so men to search their own glory is not good. It is hard indeed for a prideful man not to pay close attention to words of praise and compliments. Praise him enough, compliment him enough, and he will be yours forever. The kind of pride that we're talking about is a sin. Solomon wrote in Proverbs 21 and verse 4, A high look and a proud heart and the plowing of the wicked is sin. It is dangerous and it is a soul-condemning thing. When John was writing of the methods by which Satan tempts man to sin, he wrote in 1 John 2:15 through 16 the following, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. This would be life's empty pride. It causes a man to cling to things that do not matter, boasts about things that he has not done, and to consider himself above all others. Is there a cure for this sin of pride? Of course there is, but I do believe that this sin is particularly insidious because it is so difficult for the man filled with pride to even begin to entertain the thought that he or she might need to repent. It is so difficult for the prideful man to even consider the possibility that he needs to reevaluate his position in God's creation. It is so difficult for the prideful man to finally say, Lord, forgive me, I have been wrong. Pride goes before a fall. Thank you for listening.